I'm in the first time I had a whiskey. It was it was magic. It's the best best whiskey I've ever had. Where were you, Mitch? <laughs> Me first well, time you had a whiskey. It was in a perk somewhere. Bro. How, can, how can you not put on a fake voice? What, uh, what was wrong with that? that was Who's fake. that? I don't, I don't talk like that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody talks like that. <laughs> Plenty of people talk like this, so don't they, though, Mitch? You know them. It's because I'm posher, mate. It's because I'm from Edinburgh. I'm not from the, yeah. the West Coast, you know? Yeah, you were brought up. I was dragged up. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's kick this off. everyone and welcome to another show yes that's right we are here to tickle your whiskey taste buds and maybe hurt your ears with some bad jokes and equally bad banter now i want to go back in time here and tell you a story from a long time ago when a guy was walking down the street it was a rainy day apart from where he walked as there was just this beam of golden whiskey colored light that shined on him and he stayed dry the entire time. People stopped in awe and fell to their knees, hailing him as the whiskey chosen one. That man's name was Nicholas Palaki, and he is my partner in Dram, as always, joining me for this week's adventure into the whiskey world. Where the fuck are you, my long-haired American <laughs> Scottish friend? What an introduction <laughs> that was. What like a that. story. See, you might not put on an accent, but what a story you can tell. It's a true story as well, right? Do you remember that back in 63? I do. In that hand. <laughs> 63. On the streets of Dunbarton. How old do you think I am here, mate? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. I've been I've been busy. Lots of travel, actually, for, which is unusual because I've enjoyed being home. So this is the first bit of travel I had, I've had to do for this year. Guess where I went, Mitch? Uh, we, Vegas. Uh, Vegas by any chance? I did. <laughs> went to Las Vegas. So there you go. So I was in the... I was in the over there in Las Vegas, enjoying my time. Not too shabby at all. And what did you uh, get up to? No, it was something called WSW. I don't know if you know what this is. WSWA, which is the, the Wine and Spirits uh, Wholesalers Association of America, basically. And all the distributors come into town. There's lots of brands there and things like that. But it's a good opportunity to go and meet all the people that help us work in this three-tier system here in the United States, all our partners across every state so it's a good one-stop shop i guess for me uh to go and shake a lot of hands and kiss the babies and drink a few drams and it's really good so i went out on the saturday a little bit early and went to see adele live Ooh. i was like hello and uh, so that was good and then did she say hello back oh uh, she did she sang it back to be fair uh, oh, nice. <laughs> and from the other side though like I was on one side of the stage and she said hello from the other side. So that was good. And good then, story. It's not a great story. <laughs> you're clearly not a, a you're not clearly not a fan. That's one of her lyrics. Hello from the other side. Come on, Mitch. If I need to explain all my jokes, it's going to no, be a no. long day. I, I'm very aware of Adele. And I, I think, so here's my take on Adele, right? I think she's really cool. I'd love to go for a beer with her. I think she'd like yeah. be such a laugh. Mm -hmm. music i can i can take it or leave it mate i'm really I, I think when she did skyfall that was probably my favorite song yeah. but the rest of it is a bit whiny it's a bit like oh i was uh, in a bad relationship i'm crying it's sad you know mm -hmm. like, can i hear i'm like nah. so you'd go for a beer with her though 
I'd definitely go for a beer with her. Yeah. It's funny because she said you're a wank and she won't go anywhere near you. So <laughs> <laughs> Adele, if you're listening, you're in shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm texting her right now. Aye, let's see if Aye, you can get her. Let's, let's see. If, let's see if you can get her on the podcast after that. I think you're she a bit whiny, a little bit sad. See, to be fair though, she does say that herself that she's quite a pessimist. So, yeah. well, not not many dry eyes in the house, but uh, the show was amazing. The banter was brilliant. She's a good storyteller, and you know, gets up there and talks about herself and her life. And I think that's why a lot of people can kind of connect her. And um, but I've seen that's the second time I've actually seen her. I saw her at Madison Square Garden in New York, and. Um, that was an amazing show as well, but this was this was baller. Like the Vegas experience, she's doing like a hundred shows in the Coliseum and in, in Caesar's Palace, and it was I mean it was brilliant. And then I got to go and do WSWA, which was a lot of fun. All the movers and shakers were there. Oh, I got to see our friend Jonathan Newson, who oh, nice. was the ex CEO of William Grant and Sons USA. He will actually be coming on a show soon, so I invited him on. So that was cool. Uh, got to see a few other kind of movers shakers. A couple of other people will be coming on. Richard Urquhart and Sam Simmons. Little blast from the past. So just some cool Sam folks. Was, was Sam there? Sam wasn't there, but I just had a chat with Sam actually earlier today. So that was quite mm -hmm. fun to get to speak to him. Nice. Second so, time on the show. Second time on the show for Sam. So always a pleasure to have him on. I will have him back. Aye, but this time you'll have my, my banter. So a little bit better, right? Surprised he came on, mate. Indeed, indeed. What else? What's been going on with you? Oh, hey, loads of stuff. I mean, I haven't been prancing about Vegas listening to Adele and singing to her, but um, yeah, I've been keeping it pretty local, mate. Uh, ooh, we hosted our first ever whiskey quiz, never mind the bungholes, which was a lot of fun. So we yeah. did that locally. We had a, a load of like whiskey geeks from around Speyside. We actually had a whole team from Glenfiddich there. Um, it got pretty competitive, but yeah, we had it, it was a good turnout, mate. And we, we did it all for charity as well. Um, so a charity we're going to talk about later on in the show, because if you guys hadn't guessed, this is kind of like our catch-up episode this week, find out what, what we've been up to and, and do some news and do all that kind of good stuff as well. Yeah, so did the whiskey quiz, mate. That was a lot of fun, um, pretty full on. Did some staff training. Um, oh, I hosted our mutual friend from Seattle, Mr. Scott Carty. I think we send you an abusive picture you did. outside Balvenie. Yeah. You did. That was a two, that was a double dick pic that you sent. The two of you standing <laughs> in that. <laughs> um, but I've been doing because it's been. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm quiet right now, but I purposely went out of my way to to say like thank you to all the the tour guides and all the guys that work at the distilleries around the bay that have kind of helped me out since I've started up Copper Cairn. So I took them on on staff day out. So I took out the start the, the staff from uh, Glenallachy, took them around Balvenie, then kind of we kind of just went around Speyside drinking some whiskeys. Did the yeah. same with Glenfiddich, uh, the Glenfiddich guys we went up to McAllen uh, and and did all that, and then um, I did it with the the guys from the Diamonds as well. So yeah, the oh, Diamonds nice. is is a great hotel here, family run hotel, four star number. Like the two sisters that run it, um, Steph and Lauren, amazing. Like just knock it out of the park every time you go there. So yeah, um, yeah so I did that, mate. And then um, yeah, just currently got a big week coming up this next week. So I'm glad we're getting this recording in right now because I'm packing my bags for some secret squirrel whiskey stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Uh, but very exciting stuff. So we're going down to Landon to do the media launch for that coming up soon. Actually, I think by the time we put this out, I'll probably have done that because that will be the week after. Um, 
And then we put out all the stuff for Spirit of Speyside, the whiskey yeah. festival that's coming up in May. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the show because you guys have got a chance to come along and be part of the show, which is really exciting. Uh, so we are doing an episode live at Spirit of Speyside. Tickets have gone on sale already. They're selling out fast. We may be sold out by the time we drop this episode, hopefully. But if not, we'll, we'll let you guys know how to uh, get a ticket. Maybe we can do like a two people, special guests that they can come on. Not come on the show because nobody wants to hear what they've got to say. But they can come along. <laughs> I just like seeing those things to watch Mitch's face when, I, when I'm proper cheeky. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. That will be fun. Looking forward to catching up on that. Mitch will give all the details. But let's get into some guest of distillery action now. And you may, may remember uh, from the last episode where it was my turn to give some clues. So this Highland distillery dates back to the 19th century. It has burnt down at least three times and at least once under very suspicious circumstances. And before being modernised, up until 1963, the entire site was powered by water wheels and a steam engine. What am I? The right answer was Glenn Glasser. Wasn't really. I'm only joking, Mitch. I just didn't see your face again. It was Royal Loch Nagar. <laughs> <laughs> so well done to those, those of you who got it right in our feed. Some thought it was Glenn Farkless. Some thought it was Deanston. Uh, but those who got it right on... Instagram where Stuart Shearlaw torn a coil, a wee hotel that is situated in Bancory. Am I saying that right, Mitch? Bankery. Bankery. Such really? a West Coaster. You need to spend more time in the Highlands, man. I know I do. It's fair. Juan Carlos Arias, aka JC Whiskey on IG. And who else have we got? I'm a winner. Fucking I know that was coming. And there you go. I'm a winner. Look at Mitch. <laughs> I'm 4-9 on IG. Right, very good. Uh, Chris Grieve, you also got it correct. So answers in the postcards uh, for the Chris next Grieve one. Is, is, Chris Grieve is a big fan of the show, man. He's always like re, uh, replying to all the stuff that, that that we post. So thank you, Chris. And thank you for everyone uh, that, that got the either right or wrong answer. It's just nice to have some interaction. Um, and on that point... That's Nick, how lonely Mitch is. Even if you were wrong, thanks for reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's just because I know how to work Instagram and I can I, I realize when people send messages. That's the right. of you. Well, I know yeah. I don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but on that point, mate, um I you know, um Juan Carlos that, that you mentioned there actually sent me a message on our last episode and he kind of makes a good point. So remember our last episode, which actually sorry, it was two episodes ago now. So the unsung heroes, he, mm -hmm. he kind of he was referring to that, and he made a point, you know, that um, Ferentosh actually predated uh, Kennet Pans with regards to being the first legal distillery. Uh, you know, he was making that point, and not making a point, but he was just kind of asking me about it. And you know, my uh, I think he makes a really good point. I know it was uh, it predates Kennet Pans for getting a license. I think my reason for selecting Kennet Pans and talking about that being one of the first commercial distilleries in Scotland was Kennet Pans was one of the ones that actually sent whiskey to another country, aka England. Um, so that's why I was mentioning it there. And he also uh, mentions about you know Nettie from Macallan running, being a woman running a distillery, um, which Nicholas I know you know of very well, being an ex-McAllen ambassador 
And yeah, uh, you know, I, I could have picked Netty for um, my my kind of unsung hero, or I could have picked Helen Cummings, but I think I wanted to shine a light. Wait a minute. Is this just Juan on, Carlos uh, emailing uh, in his little grievance list of things that you didn't cover? Fuck you, Juan Carlos. Uh, well, this is our show. You don't like no, it? Get no, your own no. fucking podcast. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Here's a good, but I, I want to, yeah, I, I should have read out the start of his message. And it says, first of all, congratulations on the brilliant work done with Nicholas and formerly Daz. <laughs> he, he did mention Daz, so we should probably score him out from, from oh, that. Exactly. Um, He's swinging and missing all over here. But then he goes on to say, I'm a diehard fan of Not Another Whiskey Plus podcast, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, so big fan. So, Juan, thank you very much for writing in. Always good to 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 get shout outs like that and, and messages Absolutely. like that. And Juan, I'm just teasing. I hope you take that banter in, in the way that we mean it. We're always, we love our fans. We love to tease. So thanks for, for taking the time to reach out to us. You're a good man. Cheers. Right, here we go. Next. Ooh, this is the new story, one. This is a new one, mate. This is a new one. You ready for this? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So clue number one, this distillery is known for its diverse range of cask finishes. I would say probably right now it's it's leading the way uh, mm -hmm. on this or it's up there. Uh, clue number two, it underwent a captivating rebirth in 2017, and that was done by a well-known whiskey personality. Clue number three, this distillery draws its water from one, one of the highest peaks in Speyside. So there you go. There's your three clues. What distillery am I? We need to get a little logo, like a little jingle going for that, you know? I'm looking at Nicholas right now and I can see the little wheels. It's like, a, you know, like when you see that that mouse, like on a little wheel. It's like, oh, what distillery <laughs> is that? I was. I was trying to figure it out. So, well, if you do, don't shout out the answer. Okay. Answers on a postcard, people, to, uh, as you know, Palaki's house. And we'll uh, read it all there. No, seriously, if you do, we're gonna we'll post those uh, clues on Instagram. If you do know what they are, then we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe give you a shout out if you get it right on our next catch up episode. I like it. I like it. So, what else, then, Mitch? What else has been going on in the world of whiskey? Mate, let's have a look at the news. We we kind of looked at this. It was interesting, right? Because I messaged you and I was like, "There's not really been a lot going on in January," but. When we kind of dug into it, there there's actually been quite a lot. Okay. Um, so I think one of the first things that caught my whiskey-soaked eye is that the Diageo sort of downplaying its poor sales. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but we, we kind of reported on on this kind of downturn in Diageo sales. Um, so including, you know, some, some of these pretty serious facts here. So talking about the US, their single malt sales were down by 27%, uh, including Johnny Walker being down by 13%. But the Diageo executives in a media briefing kind of addressed this 0.6% um, sales decline over the last six months. So that's, I'm assuming, over the whole company. And they're, they're, um, they're attributing that to challenging consumer environments, However, they're they're anticipating a gradual improvement in, in H2. So that kind of included the likes of, of replenishing their inventory in North America, which they had had a big issue with. Um, and they had sort of volatile sales in Latin America and the Caribbean market. So I think another thing as well, they kind of underestimated the the consumer environment and, and what people were will, willing to spend on, on maybe single malts because we have this issue... I know for a fact I was chatting to someone recently who they own a an off-premise in the US, a, a, a liquor store, as you guys call it over there, Nicholas. <laughs> and they were talking about the fact that 
a customer came in and was going mental about the fact that there was no single malts on the shelf uh, with regards to Scotch whiskey. And what was there was overpriced and they walked away with a load of bourbon instead. So I think that kind of that gave me a little insight into what's happening. And maybe we can chat about that when we kind of go through this. But, you know, they, the other going back to the Diageo situation here, um, their Latin America and Caribbean sales plummeted by 23 percent with spirits down by 25 percent. And the U.S. witnessed a 10 percent drop in Scotch sales. And again, they were saying this is uh, due to the, the lack of replenishment from high-priced scotch during the increased pandemic consumption. So hmm. what are your thoughts on that, Nicholas? Uh, I think if that was the case, you'd see that across every brand and you don't. So hmm. I think it's fair that maybe that's what affected them, but I don't think... I think making sweeping statements about the state of play for the industry is probably not as accurate. I think that they're probably overloaded into Latin and don't know how to figure it out. So I think that the Latin American market's probably just screwed the region for maybe the next six to 12 months. But they've got the money, they'll balance the books, they'll move the liquid, they'll figure it out, they'll run, you know, run depletion rates through and before you know it, they'll be back on track. So stay agile. Like they're, they're, they're great custodians, but this, this, seem, this is not a rounding error. This is a big... This is a big hit to their business. So, mm. yeah. But it's interesting, right? I mean, you talk about sort of preloading. I think a lot of that happened, right? During the, the pandemic, uh, a lot of companies were asking people to just buy as much as they could to, to yeah. help them out. And now we're seeing this in their, in their figures because everyone's sitting on the stock. Well, not even that. Actually, mostly here, it was shipping. So you couldn't get on a boat. So if you got on a boat, you would load the boat to the gunnels because you might not get on another boat for another nine months to, you know, whatever foreseeable future. So I yeah. think in that instance, we saw that happen. Also here in the States, a lot of the, the distributors and the wholesalers are not, they're trying to deplete the amount of inventory that they've been sitting on because of that as well, because the inventory levels were higher. So because of that, you're not seeing the reorder come in as quickly for 2024 as maybe, or even in 2023 as you maybe would have done had they not been so heavy in inventory in the kind of 12 months preceding. But, you know, like I said, it's Diageo, the fantastic custodians of Scotch whiskey. I see them writing their ship quickly. It's unfortunate that this is what the CEO has to deal with and it's so early into our tenure of the business. Um, mm. But I also don't think it's single-handedly the buck, you know, obviously the buck stops with her, but th this is this is something she's inherited. It take, takes a bit of time for this to, to build up. Uh, it's a shame that there wasn't that level of transparency before she took the helm and she would, maybe would have addressed it sooner. So I guess, I guess we shall wait and see what they do to right the ship. Indeed. All right. Also on the news, Edinburgh's Holyrood Distillery has secured more than £2 million, which is $2.5 million in funding to support its global expansion. So this investment came from the wine and spirit investment platform Ferrovinum, uh, which has provided the, the funding to... Uh, Holyrood Distillery, uh, where they're going to focus on producing more Scotch whiskey, gin and rum in the centre of Edinburgh. The majority of the capital is going to be used to fill new fill casks and then transport those case goods to overseas markets, which is good news because they're expanding out. Uh, obviously, they're going to be, it's a busy programme of new releases, which they're working on at the moment. And we'll be, we'll wait with bated breath to see how much of that Mitch gets for free. 
But as always, I'm sure it'll be shipped to his door. Uh, you know, these guys are excited. Managing director uh, Hugh Wright obviously saying that he's really excited to unlock uh, this kind of funding and it will help kind of secure the futures of the plans uh, a little bit easier and with a little bit more velocity and speed around them. So that's pretty good to see. And I guess it's good to see more investment coming into uh, just into Scotch whiskey distilleries, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great little distillery. We um, we actually did a episode from the Hollywood Distillery back in season one. Mm. So you guys can go back and, and check that out. Uh, it'd be good to catch up with them again because I know there's been a lot of changes there. Moving on to, I suppose, I feel like the the, the grim reaper of, of, of news this week, mate. There was a report that came out, and this is from a company called Shakespeare Martineau, who are a UK-based law firm. And they revealed that out of 1,641 administrations filed in the UK in 2023, 12%, which equated to 190 businesses, were from the hospitality sector. This marked a 22% increase from 2022 and a substantial 91% rise from 2021. And this now places hospitality in the UK, the third highest sector for administrations. So retail is number one right now and construction is number two. The data which was sourced from uh, Gazette indicates that, you know, there's obviously a challenging landscape right now for the hospitality industry. We've got this um, shifts in consumer habits that we're seeing. You know, people aren't spending as much. We've got the um, cost of living crisis going on. I think people are just being a little bit more cautious about going out. Um, but in Scotland, mate, get this. This is a sad fact. In 2023, Scotland lost 96 pubs and bars. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of seeing this a lot in hospitality and, and it's a tough time for, for hospitality in the UK. Is it the same in the US, mate? Is, it, is that kind of the same sort of feeling? Do you know what? I'm actually going to, and I'm not going to name name him specifically, but there's a gentleman that I, I kind of follow on LinkedIn that posts some really interesting thing in this. And I'll give you a great example of some stuff that doesn't help. So, you know, we've gone through a very tough time for the hospitality industry and just, you know, for retail and stuff as well as a whole. And I was looking at Sucky Hall Street in Glasgow, where they've just decided to completely dig it all up and renovate it for whatever reason it happens to be, planting trees or whatever. But it's shut off the majority of access to some of the biggest retail stores and the bars and restaurants that line that street. And it just makes me think, you couldn't have done that while the entire world was closed. This is your moment to shine. And it has to happen at that type of size and scale that's going to be so detrimental to businesses that have struggled over the last two or three years. So mm. I think there's a job to be done between tying up, obviously, infrastructure needs that happen to have, have to happen in cities around the world, specifically in Scotland, in this case that we're talking about, but it happens here as well. And I've seen bars, in, specifically in New York, closing down because of this as well, where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, scaffolding is erected outside of the, the, the properties and, you know, and it's there for months and months and months on end because, well, it's not really their job to move quickly and or whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah. And I, I, I saw this particular gentleman was just you know, livid about it and, and rightly so. Like, I think at this stage of the game, you've got to be asking questions about when and, and how things like that, how much of an effect that does have over and above the fact that just... People are, you know, they've kind of, they've got used to, it's cheaper to drink at home, right? 
So they know it's cheaper to drink at home. You can drink better if you drink at home, so you can drink a more premium product if you're not going out. And you know, whether that's wine, spirits, whiskey, whatever it happens to be. Um, and having your friends out or whatever. But I think that there's we need to be doing more to encourage people to get back into the on-premise accounts, go back out to bars and restaurants. And, and just based on this one thing alone, this is the livelihood of your neighbours. This is the livelihood of your friends and families or other people's friends and families out there. Uh, so shop local, find find the people that, that have smaller, independently owned bars and restaurants and go out and just have one drink or have an appetiser. It doesn't need to, you don't need to go out for a four course meal and um, steak dinner and appetite and, you know, desserts and coffees and all the rest of it. But you could go out and do something to scale and it just helps, helps us all get back into the swing of things and it helps those businesses stay alive. Otherwise, we're going to end up having high streets filled with nothing but chains and banks and uh, what a sad place that will be. Yeah, true story, man, true story. On other news, little new release, Mitch, I'm sure you've already tasted it. Glen Glasso have released a 44-year-old Highland Scotch whiskey. Have you tried it? I haven't, but I need to uh, get my boy Neil oh, round to, to bring me a sample. That? All right, don't, yeah. we don't, we don't want to need... Neil, put the bottle in the mail to me, mate. Uh, <laughs> so this is a, a single cast expression, which came out right at the end of December. There's only 274 bottles available. Bottled at 45.6% ABV and priced at a swift 6,600 US dollars. Uh, so this is part of the Serpentine Coastal Cask Collection. Actually, I like that name. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, it's yeah. exclusively matured in Pedro Jimenez Sherry Hogshead. Wow. Mm. That's going to be a big whiskey. 44 years in a Pedro Jimenez Sherry Hogshead. What do you think yeah, of that, Mitch? Need to get my laughing gear around some of that, mate. Aye, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently um, the whiskey boasts notes of salted caramel, blood orange and blueberry pastille on the nose with cherry, almond and mandarin orange balsamic on the palate, pink grapefruit, star anise and nori highlight the finish. Sounds, sounds delightful. But talking about delightful. cherry finishes and sherry, mate, thank you to everyone who gave me a, a little head. Some travel advice and contacts open in Jerez. So that, that trip's looking all good, mate. And, you know, we're going in a couple of weeks, which is going to be going nice. to be nice. We have left the biggest news until last, right? So hopefully you guys are still listening to this because this is a, this is what we, we, we kind of did a little teaser of at the start. We are going to be doing a Not Another Whiskey podcast live. It's going to be called The Battle of the Ambassadors. And we've got, we've managed to get a great lineup of some amazing ambassadors who are going to bring some of their wares along for you guys to taste. Now, what we decided to do for this is we wanted to do this as a charity auction. I mentioned the, the bungholes quiz that I did earlier on, and we've tied this in with the same charity, which is Murray Food Plus, a uh, little charity here in Speyside that, that helps out those that are in need of, of, of food and, and are struggling right now. So all the proceeds from all the ticket sales of this are going to go to this charity. We are going to have... Struan Grant Ralph, who is the global ambassador for Glenfiddich, uh, Charlotte Coyle, who is the ambassador for Ben Riek, Gordon Dundas, who has been looking after Tamdu for I think all his life actually since he was born, or it seems mm -hmm. that way anyway. <laughs> and um, Mr. Mark Thompson, so ex Glenfiddich ambassador, and hopefully by that point he's got another job. I'm sure he will do, and he'll be bringing something sexy along as well. So. Little kind of clue in the name, Battle of the Ambassadors. We're going to get them to bring one bottle along of something pretty sexy, and then the audience is going to judge which 
whiskey is the best. And obviously, Nicholas and I will be there hosting it, recording it live for an episode. It's going to be in the Craig Ellicke Lodge, May the 2nd, 7 p.m. Go online, get your tickets now. Uh, they're all there. We've, Like I said at the start, we haven't got that many left. I think yeah, last time I looked, there was, there was maybe maybe five left or six left. Um, so maybe when we, we drop this, it might be sold out. Who knows? Might have to go back and edit it. But anyway, dude, you looking forward to that? You're going to fly your ass over to Scotland. It's going to be Can't fun, wait. right? Yeah. If all goes to plan, I shall yeah. be there. So that's it. So I'm super excited. If not, I'll be Zoom calling it in. But yeah, one way or another, I'm going to be present. Uh, really excited. It should be a lot of fun. And it's a great cause. So more than, more than anything, what, what a great way to spend $60 to, to feed another family. So great way to think about it that way. And then you get also get you know four magnificent whiskeys to sample. Indeed, mate. And it's £60, not $60, just to say. £60, sorry. £60. Talk, you're talking about appetizers and you're talking about dollars. Fuck's sake, you're so American. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, but the rest, <laughs> of the, the rest of the lineup's pretty impressive as well, right, Mitch? Mate, yeah. Um, you know, they dropped all their tickets just on Wednesday there at 12 o'clock and um, the, the feedback has been it has been the most successful launch they've ever done. Uh, some amazing... Um, amazing events that are going on for Spirit of Speyside, as always. Distilleries that you can't normally visit. Uh, quite excited to see Dunfail are doing their big opening, so they're literally opening to the public um, during during Spirit of Speyside. So like I say, this is going to be the start of May, 1st of May to the 6th of May, and Copper Cairn has dropped some really nice events as well, which I'm now going to shamelessly plug for you guys to go and have a look at. So I'm doing a whiskey paired lunch on the 2nd of May, and that's going to be at the Craig Ellicke Lodge as well. So that's actually going to be during the day before we do the podcast, mate. So I'll be about five whiskeys in by the oh, time we start that, recording. That'll be a joy for everybody else in the room. <laughs> right? Well, I'm going to have to uh, put, put the kibosh on the, the lunch a little bit. So anyway, yeah, we're doing a whiskey paired lunch on that Thursday the 2nd. Like we said already, we're going to do the podcast live on the 2nd in the same venue over at the Craig Ellicke Lodge. Thanks to Scott for putting us up there. Another great venue in Speyside. And then throughout the, the festival on the 2nd, the 3rd and the 4th, Copper Cairn's going to be doing a backstage whiskey tour of Speyside. And that's going to be myself that will be hosting that and also Fraser Campbell. Uh, so we're going to be running you guys around in our amazing vehicles, giving you some fantastic drams, stopping in at, at distilleries that no longer exist anymore, some that do exist, just telling stories. And then we're going to finish you off with the Highlander with a half and half, mate. So on Friday, the 3rd of May, we're doing uh, Barrels and Botanicals, which is going to be a whiskey foraging adventure. So that's going to be 12 till 3, starting at the Downs. And we, we're basically working with a really well-known forager called Leanne Townsend. She's going to be with Fraser... You're going to literally walk uh, around this amazing wood by the uh, Abelard Distillery, going up to the Lynn Falls, foraging for things. But we're also going to have a little tweak on this in that we're going to look at what you're going to be picking and then we're going to pre-batch whiskey cocktails and then you'll be trying whiskey cocktails with the botanicals or the uh, whatever else you'll be foraging uh from that so so that's going to be i think that's kind of cool that's like a, something a little bit different that's going on and then one thing that i've mentioned already we're going to do our never mind the bungholes quiz on the friday the third and saturday the fourth of may so this is what, what we're kind of terming as a whiskey quiz with a twist and myself and fraser are going to be presenting that that's going to be at the downs hotel 
seven o'clock at night till probably around about 11. Uh, 55 pounds per person, including four drams and canapes. So, yeah, mate, that is what Copper Cairn is doing. And we've got, go to our website, coppercairn.com, check it out. There's a whole page on all the events, how to book, get booking right now. It's going to be awesome. Superb. Mitch, joke time. Joke time. Joke time. Joke time. All right. I got some jokes, mate. I got some jokes. Right. So I, I, just got, I, I got two today because I thought you went a little bit overkill last well, time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to battle you back. So we're going to do a couple of jokes each and then people can tell us which jokes. So now I'm going to, I'm going to up your ante. Wait, controversial, controversial. All right. I'll start. Okay. I'll start. You ready? You ready? Let's see what you got. <laughs> what do you call an old snowman? I don't know. A glass of water. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, next. What has five toes and isn't your foot? Don't know. My foot. <laughs> we all know you've got six toes. <laughs> <laughs> what animal can jump higher than a house? What animal can jump higher than a house? I don't know. All of them. Houses can't jump. <laughs> Oh, here's another cracker. This, this actually, this is crazy. Rick, this is how stupid this has got. I've got people sending me bad jokes. This came from Ricky Crawford yesterday. He's like, ah, you need to read this nice. one. Out. This is actually pretty funny. I caught my son chewing in electrical wires, so I grounded him. He's doing better currently and conducting himself properly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's like three jokes in one. I love it. Uh, <laughs> the worst. The, so if anybody's got any other jokes, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear them. So don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't send us a critique, <laughs> one. We could, actually, we should start that up, mate. We should get yeah. listeners to send in their jokes as a voice message, and then we'll pop it in. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Or just send yeah. us the jokes. We'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> some some things can't be trusted, Mitch. Like, come on. <laughs> we, we, we're doing a pretty good job of getting ourselves cancelled. We don't need other people to do it for us. <laughs> They were good ones though. I like them. They were they were solid jokes. Yeah, they were good. Good. I like I like I like, I like this snowman one. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Right, guys. Well, that was been. This is our news roundup. That's been our news roundup. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> next week, next episode on Not Another Whiskey Podcast. We will be covering whiskey myths busted round two two two. I don't know what we're doing now. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the promo nice, for it, mate. So I like that. We, you, you yeah, we're going to cover. We're going to cover debunk common whiskey misconceptions, uh, address myths, superstitions, or beliefs surrounding whiskey production, tasting, or history. Now, we did do one of these before, and it was a lot of fun. So, back by popular demand, and by popular demand, I mean we've ran out of ideas, so we're recycling the old ones. No, there's just so many cool things that we can talk about in this, and people did really love it. So, we will touch base on this and kind of cover an episode on whiskey myths busted round two. Yeah, mate. And also on top of that, I'm uh, heading down to Tamdu on Tuesday to interview the legend that is uh, Sandy McIntyre, distillery manager down there. So that's going to be dropping right after that. So, yeah, we've got some good stuff lined up in the morning. It's exciting. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah, delighted to see it. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Instagram. 
subscribe to us on Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, it makes all the difference to us just to take one minute out of your day and smash that subscribe button so that you can continue to hear whenever we drop a new episode. We do appreciate each and every single one of you. Specifically, I appreciate Juan. Uh, Juan, so I need to call him out now because I just like tore in for no good reason. But sorry, Juan Carlos, I do love you. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Tell all your friends about us. Make sure they come along and listen as well. Mitch, as always... It is a pleasure. It was fantastic, mate. Was it good for you? It was good for me. Really good for me. <laughs> That's an insight into Mitch after. Anyway, I'm going for a cigarette. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>